God's presence. We're going to read from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. That is our tradition every Sunday, and uh, we're going to do that today as well. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 18, starting from verse 20 all the way to verse 40. Uh, if technology is working, it's going to come up on the screen, and uh, we're going to pray after that, and then I'll share a few thoughts uh, from this topic. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? Um, that's a bit like my son when he's in an ice cream shop. And we say, what flavor do you want? And he takes forever to decide because it all looks so good, he says, Dad. It just looks so good. So Elijah was talking to the nation and saying, can you like, can you just make up your mind? It would be great if you were all in in one. Make up your mind. If, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Again, that feels like a parenting moment. Judah, what flavor do you want? And Judah does not answer me a word. He's just going, I want that, I want that. He goes, um, can I have two scoops? Can I have three scoops? That'll solve the problem. If I have four scoops, that'll solve the problem. So I don't have to choose and decide which one I want. Elijah said to the people, I, even I, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God. I will call upon the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. And all the people answered, good idea. It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull, prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So the prophets of Baal took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. We're not given exact times, but how many of you can agree, that's a pretty long prayer meeting. If you start praying at 8 in the morning, and you finish about 12, for four hours, this is what they're saying. Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. So they thought, mm, we need to change strategy. They limped around the altar that they had made. I don't know what got into them. They just thought, well, instead of walking, maybe we should limp and God will answer. So they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. For either he is musing, or he is in the toilet. It's in the Bible. He is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping, and he needs to be awakened. And they cried loud. Look at this. They cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until blood gushed out from their skin. Afternoon, as midday passed, they raved on until the tame of the offering of the oblation. So now this is late afternoon. 
They have been crying all morning, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as he would contain two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and also filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. Today, I thank you that you're going to speak with power purpose, clarity, and force until every altar that is not right in our life is exposed as false and the only true altar of our hearts where we meet with you is revealed so that fire falls upon our lives and our lives are never the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love All of the stories of Elijah and Elisha from the time I was a boy, they were always my favorite Bible stories. And I want to share a few thoughts from the story on what it looks like when we try and differentiate between real and false, real and fake. Some of us have been on holidays and we um, have gone to shops where they sell original fakes. Have have you met those uh, shopkeepers? You look at the product, and man, it looks the part. It it feels like the part. Everything looks like the part. And you get it for a fraction of the price, but it's not the real deal. And Elijah and the prophets of Baal are on a mission to find out who is the real God. So Elijah is one man, And uh, he comes up to all the people, so two groups of people. One is the nation. So the nation is watching. And Elijah says, make up your mind, people. Come on, who who is God? If God, if if my God is God, worship him. If if you think this 
statue that you've built called Baal is God, then worship him. Just decide for yourself. So he, he decided in order to help the nation decide who is God, he called 450 prophets who followed the statue called Baal. And he said, let's have, let's, let's put this to the test. Let's get two bulls. We'll prepare the bulls and uh, we will put the meat on an altar. An altar was a place that people sacrificed. Um, and that's why some of you who are, who have been in a long time in church at the end of a sermon like this, sometimes preachers say, we're going to have an altar call. What that means, you come and you sacrifice and you surrender who you are so you can receive who God is. The altar is a place of sacrifice. I said, we're going to prepare two altars. You put your bull on your altar. I'll put my bull on my altar. We'll both cry to our God. Whichever is the real one will answer by fire and consume the sacrifice. Everybody said, good idea. Can you imagine the pressure? The whole nation is watching. So 450 people go, right, we're going to prove our God is God. They start praying about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. They pray, they pray, they pray, they pray around the altar. Nothing happens. About noon, they start limping and praying. I don't know what got into their head. Apparently, I was going to change God's mind. And uh, they start limping and praying. Nothing happens. Elijah then starts mocking them and saying, maybe your God's taking a toilet break. Come on, you know, pray louder. He might hear you and come back and answer by fire. Um, nothing happens. They start cutting themselves. So these guys are now not just crying. They're actually bleeding and uh, from their skin and praying. Nothing happens. And uh, Elijah then comes, repairs the altars, puts the bull on, and then calls fire. And uh, I love it when it says, the fire fell. And it consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the wet wood, it consumed the stones, it consumed the dust, and it even licked up the water. You know, when the fire of God falls, there are laws of physics, chemistry, and biology that bow to the divine because there are things that God does that have no explanation. And uh, we are people who believe that God is a God who still answers by fire. I want to share a few thoughts about who you are and uh, knowing that you are not false, you are not fake, you are not counterfeit, you are the original. When you walk and your relationship with God is authentic, there are a few things you need to know. Number one, Elijah was one. Prophets of The prophets of Baal were 450. In the surface, there's 450 people praying and one person praying for the other team. Which team won at the end of the day? The one that had a lot of numbers or the one that had the real deal? Of course, the one that had the real deal won the day. I want to encourage you. If you are with God, you are a majority. If you are with God, you are a majority. Some of you are following Jesus Christ and your family members have not yet bowed their faces to Jesus or bowed their knees to Jesus. Some of you go to work and say, I'm the only Christian here and I can't, it's just so difficult for me to be a follower of Jesus Christ at work. Some of you watch the news and you look at a lot of non-Christian things happening on the news and you feel in 
inferior or you feel the world is going mad and there's everything's going to chaos and once upon a time our nation was a Christian nation and now look what's happening churches are getting empty and and something is happening don't follow that narrative I want to prophesy over you some of the words that an apostle called Paul said to his church he said these words it was actually not a sentence it was actually a question and the question was this if God is for us who can be against us if God is for us then who can be against us if God is for us who can be against us I want you to know even if you feel isolated ostracized alone rejected dejected all by yourself with God you are a majority because you have the original fire you have you don't have a counterfeit you don't have the fake thing you have what is real and sometimes you and I will go through seasons in our life the where, where our flesh will fail. I love this verse in the Bible. It says, my heart and my flesh may fail, but the Lord is my portion forever. My heart and my flesh may fail, but the Lord is my portion forever. I want to encourage you and release you from the pressure of always having a strong heart and always making sure your flesh is strong. The Bible says, your heart can fail and your flesh can fail there is only one thing that is not changing in the world today and that is the constant faithfulness of your God and he is with you he is in you and he is for you so if you feel like today oh man my flesh is failing my heart is failing I want you to know you and God are a majority you are not alone you are not isolated you are not ostracized you are not a victim you are not all by yourself God is with you and God is for you God is with you and God is for you. 450 people crying from morning to night. Nothing happened. And then Elijah says these words. If we can have that verse, I can't remember which one. Elijah says, okay, this is not happening. He says to them these words. He says, draw near to me. Come close. Come close. Draw near to me. The Bible says they all drew near they all drew near at the time of the offering of the oblation elijah the prophet came near thank you O lord god of abraham isaac and israel let it be known this day answer me by fire can we go to the previous verse verse the previous slide if we can verse 35 or 34 he says to the people um sorry go go back again one more slide this is when he pours the water before that he fills the altar he rebuilds the altar go back one more verse we can the previous slide elijah there you go verse 30 elijah said to the people come near to me and the people came near to him you see when you have the original when you have the real fire when you have who god is on the inside you actually drop the walls for people to get to know you close You'll be amazed at the number of christians that keep people at a distance because they don't want you to find out who you are think man if if they really got to know me if they really got to know my struggles if they really got to know the things i think of if they really got to know the things i do if they really got to know about all of my complexities then somehow my brand appeal will fall down and somehow i'm going to be you know, I'm going to be shown, I'm going to be exposed, I'm going to come out as, as fake. I want to encourage you, if you are one of those people, 
That is a tiring life. Sooner or later, you will get tired of pretending to be three versions of yourself. So you're one version at home, another version in church, another version at work, another version before people. One of the beautiful things about the freedom that Jesus brings to you as a child of God is the freedom to be you. The freedom to be you. And when you you are you, what if people find out the real me? What if the people find out about my insecurities and my complexities and my, my dysfunctions and my personality? So what if they do? So what if they do? You are not people's savior. You are not their savior. God is not looking at you and going, oh my goodness, Paul has a temper. What am I going to do? My work in Bury St. Edmunds is at jeopardy. Can I encourage you? Do not limit who God is and what he can do to the experience of what you have experienced with people. One of my mentors says this, and it's such a funny statement, and I love saying it every now and then. He says, you need to know God is not a Christian. Think about it. God is not a Christian. People are Christians. God is God. He is above and beyond anything that we are. And when we have the real deal in us, we have the confidence to start building real, authentic relationships. I don't know who this prophecy is for, but some of you are going to walk in functional relationships. Your dysfunctions in your relationships are going to go. You've been saying for a long time, I wonder why I don't have friends. You see, you can't be friends if, you, if you're not friendly. And you can't have friends if you're always keeping people at a distance. You can't have friends. You can't maintain friends if you're always controlling and manipulating and somehow trying to be on top of the narrative. Sooner or later, God will not allow any idols in your life. Sooner or later, they will all leave. But one of the things that God wants you to have is genuine, authentic relationships. And I want to prophesy over your life. The fire of God is going to fall on your life. And some of you are about to start having authentic friendships, authentic relationships, intimacy in marriage, In the name of Jesus, you will drop the mask, you will drop the walls, and you will be okay with being you because Jesus has set you free. People may be able to see your flaws, your frailties, your dysfunctions, but it does not matter. God is above all of that. Your flesh and your heart may fail, but God is your portion forever. If you are free, you are so grateful just to be free with who you are. Why don't you give God a praise right now? Say, God, I'm so glad I can be me. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to bring a mask. I don't have to build walls. I can be me. I can be me. I can be me. I can be me. He brings them close. And and after he brings them close, the Bible says he rebuilds the altar of God, taking 12 stones. Everybody say 12 stones. And and the Bible says the reason he took 12 stones is because these 12 stones represented the 12 sons of Israel or the 12 tribes of Israel. Elijah took, verse 31, took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. Jacob's name was later Israel and uh, to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. 
Uh, I didn't grow up in this country, and uh, so when I moved to the UK, I was exploring culture, and I switched on the television. It's not there now, and I came across a program called the Jeremy Kyle Show. Does anybody remember that? It's the, apparently, it's not on now. It was the most dysfunctional show I've ever met. What it is, is for those people who don't know, you get some people on the show. This guy, Jeremy Kyle, interviews people, men and women, and they're just going to take paternity tests to find out who the real dad or the mom is of these children. Have you guys seen this show? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you need to check it out. It was the most dysfunctional thing I've ever seen because people are so confused about their... I thought, is this what British television's like? And I got gladly, um, that was not all that was about British television. But I remember the, the dysfunction because it was, it was multiple people coming on, taking lie detector tests, paternity tests, to find out who the real parents of the children was. You know, think of all of that drama. And then there's this big reveal moment where Jeremy Kyle comes out with a secret envelope and people find out who is the real dad of the child you've been calling dad. And it was so dysfunctional. And I remember watching that thing on television and thinking, man, if there was one thing that was crazier than this, it would be the Bible. It'd be the Bible. You think that's dysfunctional? You've got to read the Bible. This guy, Jacob, had 12 kids. Watch, here's the story. He falls in love with a girl, marries her, spends the night in bed, wakes up the next morning and finds out it's his sister. It's her sister. True story. True story. It's in the Bible, right? So he gets up in the morning and he goes, what have I just done? I thought, I was in love with Rachel. He turns around the next morning, finds out Leah is in bed, goes to Leah and Rachel's dad and says, that was not fair. I was in love with Rachel. Like you tricked me and now I'm married to Leah. How that happened? I have no idea. Don't ask me how that happened. I have no idea, but apparently it happened. So this guy waits another seven years, Jacob, and marries Rachel. So now he's got two wives and their sisters, right? It's in the Bible. I promise you it's in the Bible. Their sisters. After a while, Rachel and Leah both can't have kids. So one of them says, I have a brilliant idea. Why don't you sleep with my maid and you can have kids? Okay. Jacob says, fantastic idea. So now Rachel and Leah are his wives He's now made another girl pregnant, which is one of Rachel or Leah's maids. So the other sister goes, that's a brilliant idea. I'm going to try that too. So she brings her maid and says, why didn't you sleep with my maid as well? You can have my kids. And Jacob says, that's a brilliant idea. So now the guy has got two wives who are both sisters and he's got two kids with both their maids. You'd have, think, you'd have thought at that time, Jacob would have come to his senses and gone, well, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life? Now would be a good time to stop. No, it keeps going. After a while, one of the sisters falls pregnant. And then the other sister falls pregnant. And then the next maid falls pregnant. Cut the long story short. These 12 sons of Jacob are from four different women. Two of them sisters, two of them maids. You can't make it up. Israel, the father of our faith. Twelve sons from four different women, two of them sisters, two of them maids. The Bible says 
Elijah took 12 stones representing the 12 sons of Israel and built an altar and fire fell on that altar. God is not looking for perfect people. God is not looking for the perfect story. God is not looking for the perfect people who have never divorced, who have never made a mistake, who have never had a dysfunction. Whatever your stone is, bring it to the altar. The fire of God will fall on it. It'll fall on it. It'll fall on it. The fire of God will fall on it. If I was a brand ambassador for God, I'd be like, God, you don't want to use those stones. You don't want to put your fire on those 12 stones that represent the 12. Do you know? Do you know the story? God's like, I'm fine with that. Even today, he refers to himself as the God of Jacob. I mean, you can, you can pick better people, you know, like... What about the God of Daniel? He never made a mistake, apparently. Or, or the God of um, the God of um, um, the God of Enoch? He, he didn't make any mistakes, and he actually just flew to heaven. He didn't even die. He had loads of people that God can. Re- he still calls himself the God of Jacob. I wonder whether you have stones in your life that represent a few mistakes and a few scars and a few battles and a few stupid things you have done. I want to tell you, when you have the real, authentic relationship with God, you don't have to be ashamed of your stones. You don't have to be ashamed of your baggage. You don't have to be ashamed of your scars. Bring it to the altar. The fire of God will fall on it. It'll fall on it. The fire of God will fall on it. The fire of God will fall. He brought the 12 stones that represents the 12 sons of Jacob. He arranges it. He cuts the bull. And the fire of God fell on it. I used to think that the fire of God would fall on the good things I can bring to God. And it does. My tithes, my offerings, my prayers, my Bible reading. When I love my enemies, when I go extra in giving generosity, of course the fire of God falls on it. But what about the bits I don't want people to know? I don't want people to know. If I was Jacob, I wouldn't want people to know I've got four kids from four women, 12 kids from four women and how it came about. He says, no, I'm, I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Jacob. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. He says, I'm the God of Jacob. The fire of God is going to fall on your addiction. The fire of God is going to fall on your insecurity. The fire of God is going to fall on your complexity. The fire of God is going to fall on your unbelief. The fire of God is going to fall on your anger issues. The fire of God is going to fall on your childhood trauma. Whatever those 12 stones represent, I prophesy in Jesus' name. Beacon Church will be a church where people will walk in and say, I know their story. They're not perfect. But how is it that they carry the fire of God? God. I know their story. They're not perfect. How is it that they carry the presence of God? I know their story. How is it that they carry the fire of God? God is in the business of answering by fire. Anybody that will build an altar with the stones that you have. With the stones that you have. The 12 stones representing the 12. I mean, if I was Elijah, I'd be like, oh man. This is the last time I should bring this. This is not the right time to bring this up. He brought it up. And the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt offering. And the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And all the people saw it and they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. He is God. I wonder what God wants to do in the altar of your life. Where is the altar? Is it a location now? It used to be. 
that God lived, the Bible says, in buildings built with human hands. But then he decided that he'd like to relocate house. So he checked out of buildings and started to live in human hearts. So now the Bible says, do you not know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Where is the altar of God? It's right here. Is right here. This is where the altar of this is where the this is where my good and my bad and my ugly all resides. And that is a great location for the fire of God to fall. I wonder what God can do today to show off to the world so that the entire nation fell on their faces and said, The Lord He is God, the Lord He is God. I want to challenge those who are waiting for the perfect moment to start serving God. You'll be waiting a long time. I'm want to challenge people who are waiting for all of your mistakes to be started before you start serving God. You'll be waiting a long time. I'm challenging people who are waiting for your prayer life and your Bible life and your tithing life and your forgiveness life and every other life of yours to be perfect so that God can use you and the fire of God to fall so that the nation can look at you because you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit and say surely there is a God. It's not Baal. It's not capitalism. It's not socialism. It's not the party, it's not the Labour Party, it's not governments, it's not democratic, it's not Republican, it is not the government, it's not the council, it's not my mother, it's not my father, it's not my neighbour, it's not who raised me, it's not who divorced me, it's not who abandoned me, I am no longer defined by the people that are around me, I am defined by one thing, I have the original, I have the authentic, I have the fire of God and it falls on my heart and it falls on my altar, that's what defines me. That was, that's what defines me. I wonder what God wants to do with your life if you could just take a moment to get over yourself. I wonder what God wants to do with your life if you could just take a moment to get over yourself. Get over yourself. One of those mums, one of the four mums of the twelve died at childbirth. So much pain in their history. The fire of God still fell. Today, I want to say to you, God wants to use you so that the world will know there is a God. At a time where people are trusting in all sorts of things. I was at a supermarket in town the other day. As you know, towards the exit or the entrance, there's usually a notice board where people can come and pin up all sorts of things. And there were adverts for medium readings where people can go and pay money to read your hands so people can somehow predict your future. Why go after the false, the fake, the things that will never last in eternity when the authentic is right here for free. It's for free. It's for free. It's for free. There is no charge to come in here. There is no price to come in here. There is no ticket you have to buy to purchase here at any time. Whether you are at home, in the bedroom, in the car or the toilet, whether you feel up or down, anybody that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can be and will be and shall be saved. Come! Come, receive what is real, reject what is false. And the devil will tempt you to worship every other God. Some of you are tempted to worship money. That's why you find it difficult to leave your hands because you think 
That's what's going to save your future. Some of you are tempted to worship your reputation. That's why you always want to project who you are to other people because you're scared of them finding out the real you. Some of you yourself is God. So you're always manipulating and controlling relationships when it is your way. If it's not your way, you will make sure you let people know that it affected you and hurt you deeply so that they are manipulated into not behaving that way again. Today, I want to declare... There is only one God. There is only one throne. It is taken that God has a name. His name is Jesus. He is the only king and he is the king above all kings. And today he has to be the king over your life. I declare he is the king over our church. And I declare in Jesus name as you open your heart, the fire will fall upon that altar. And when the fire of God falls upon the altar, every false opinion, every false echo chamber will shut itself down. And there will be only one voice in unison declaring surely there is only one God and his name is Jesus. So today as a preacher I ask you choose who is your God? Who is he? Is it your money? Your opinion? Your reputation? Your story? Your fear? Your divorce? God doesn't care. Honestly. Honestly. He doesn't care. He's bigger than that. He's greater than that. He is mightier than that. He is way bigger than your heart and your flesh. I love what it says in the Bible. And I repeat, my heart and my flesh may fail, but the Lord is my portion forever. If you walked in here and say, I'm waiting for a day when I can be stronger. I'm waiting for a day when my heart can be set right. Because when my heart is set right and my flesh is strong, then I will serve God and people will look at my life and say, here I am and here's an original and authentic Christian. All of that is works. Do you know how much effort it takes to maintain that? Do you know how much effort it takes to keep that up. You will soon find yourself tired. You will soon find yourself worn out. You will soon find yourself that this does not work. And to everybody that is waiting on a false narrative, everybody that's limping around the altar, hoping for a false God to answer, everybody that's cutting yourself, crying out louder, hoping that somehow you can add to your spirituality to move the heart of God, you have to stop it today. God has already moved. He sent His Son while you were still a sinner, while you were still an enemy, while you were still far from God. The entire gift of heaven was given to you without any condition, clause whatsoever. Unconditional love was given to us. And if you will open your heart and say, I'm all in, I have made up my mind and there is no turning back, then the fire of God is about to fall on your life, my friend. Today, the fire of God is about to fall on some men. The fire of God is about about to fall on some women. The fire of God is about to fall on some children. The fire of God is about to fall on some lives because now the temple of the Holy Spirit is your heart. Is your heart. Is your heart. Who wants the fire of God? I do. I want to, I want the world to see I have the original. I don't want the world. I don't want to walk around being afraid in case people find out who I am, my frailties, my flaws. No, 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 no. God is not waiting for all of that to be fixed before he uses you to show the world that Jesus is real. For a moment of concentration, privacy, will you close your eyes? I'm going to pray that God will today answer by fire. He will answer by fire. He will answer by fire. He will answer by fire. 
He will answer by fire. He will answer by fire. For a moment, I'm going to take time to pray for these few categories. Number one, if you are here today and you feel you're all by yourself, and you've always looked that as the reason why you can't be a strong Christian. I can't be a strong Christian because I don't have the support structure at home, at work, around me. With God, you are a majority. If you want me to prophesy this blessing over your life, lift your hands and then we're going to give God a shout of praise because praise is the precursor to our breakthrough. Praise is how we release our faith to every person that says, I want to know that with God, I'm a majority and live in the revelation of that. Father, in the name of Jesus, to every person that is battling loneliness, for every person who says it's such a big fight, I wish I had people around me that would cheer me on. I wish I, I feel so alone. I feel like I'm one and there's 450 that have an opinion that is contrary to me. I declare in Jesus' name that today we will shake that off knowing that, Lord, with you we are a majority. To every person that is confident that you are a majority with God, come on, release a shout of praise right now. Knowing that with God you are... A majority. Number two, to every person that says, I want to be me. I'm so tired of pretending to be multiple versions of me. I just want to be me. I just want to be okay being me. I just want to be okay being my version of me. And I want to start developing deep, meaningful relationships and friendships. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, today I command freedom. Today, shame ends. Today, pretense ends. Today, multiple versions of who we are, they end. You have set us free. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired of carrying a version of ourselves. And after a while, it wearies us down, it tires us down. Father, today, let there be freedom in this house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, raise a shout of praise for every freedom that is in this house. Freedom. Freedom. I'm going to pray for every person that's a bit ashamed because you've got a few stones in your box. A few stones in your closet. Not really something that you want people to know about. Your dysfunction, your fear, your insecurity, your addiction. But today you are so confident that God is not rejecting them. In fact, that is part of the altar on which the fire falls. For every person that says, ah, oh, I've got one or two issues I'm not proud of. But today I receive the fire of God on it. Lift your hands and I'm going to prophesy and declare over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that has been through divorce, every person that has been abused, raped, every person that has been ostracized, every person that has been rejected, every person that has been gone, gone through incredible pain that was not their fault, every person that has made stupid mistakes, every person that is living in regret over wasted years and wasted opportunities, today as Beacon Church, we collectively bring our stones before you and we lay them there and we thank you that today the fire
fire of God falls upon those stones. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that God no longer lives in buildings made of human hands. The temple of the Holy Spirit is now the human heart. So I command in Jesus' name, let the fire of God fall on every doubt, every unbelief, every dysfunction, every insecurity. The fire of God falls right now. Come on, let's release our faith and raise a shout of praise for the fire, the fire, the fire of God that is upon our lives. In the name of Jesus, for every person that says, I'm going to stop waiting for the circumstances to be perfect to step out. You're waiting for another sign. You're waiting for another fleece. You're waiting for another thing. All of that is not really faith. It's unbelief. God has already welcomed you with open arms. He has moved heaven and earth while you were still a sinner to give you everything. And nothing in your life disqualifies you. To everybody that says, I'm going to take a step forward to say yes to Jesus. And what that means will be different for different people. Why don't you talk to the Holy Spirit right now and say, God, what is my next step? Where do I serve? Where do I give? Where do I love? Can I encourage you, those of you who are part of Beacon Church, don't just come on a Sunday and be a spectator, be a participator, go to our website. There is a section called Make a Difference. Sign up to serve on a team. We have welcome teams and kids teams and youth teams and media teams. Lots of volunteers who are making a difference. Not perfect people because they don't have any flaws. But perfect people because Jesus has sanctified and declared us to be perfect and whole. If you know there is a ministry, a service, something God wants to do in your life. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that, Lord, people will rise with their gifts and their calling to serve your church and to serve your community. And that, Lord, we will not allow our stigma to hold us back. But, Lord, we will serve with glad hearts because you have qualified us. To every person that knows God has qualified you, why don't you raise a shout of praise right now? He has qualified you. He has qualified you. He has qualified you. He has qualified you. And lastly, if you're able to all over this place, why don't you open your mouth and start praying that this nation will know that there is a God because they see God here at Beacon Church. Come on, why don't you for a few moments, uh, they will see a true God. That through your life, they will see God. 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 Through this church, people will see God. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, men and women, boys and girls will come to Beacon Church. We pray pray people in Bury St. Edmunds will come to this church. We pray people in West Suffolk will come to this church. We pray people in the county of Suffolk will come to this church. We pray people in East Anglia will come to this church. We pray people will relocate from other cities and come to this church because this is where the fire is. This is where God is. This is where the glory is. This is where the blood of Jesus is. This is where the promises of God are. And we pray in Jesus' name that in the coming days, men and women, boys and girls will bow their knees to Jesus. We will have mass baptisms that people will be baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as the nation of Israel said in 1 Kings chapter 18, there is only one God and he is Jesus. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let that be our story. Let that be our song. Let that be our testimony we pray in the name of Jesus. 
I just feel the spirit asking us to pray for family members here who have not given their life to Jesus. Maybe you have a grandmother, grandfather, a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, a child, a son, a daughter, a granddaughter. If you are here right now and you know somebody in your world does not follow Jesus, there is an anointing in this house right now for the fire of God to fall on them. Why don't you open your mouth right now and start giving God praise because praise is the precursor to breakthrough. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every wife, for every husband, for every father, for every mother, for every child that is not walking with God. Today, fire falls, fire falls, fire falls, fire falls. They will serve the Lord. They will serve the Lord. Our sons and daughters will serve the Lord. Our husbands and wives will serve the Lord. Our fathers and mothers will serve the Lord. Our grandparents will serve the Lord. Our grandchildren will serve the Lord. Our great-grandchildren will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. There is no other God except you. There is no other king except you. There is no idol of capitalism. No idol of money. No idol of self. No idol of regret. No idol of shame that can compare to the majesty, the glory, the excellence, the superlative excellence of Jesus. There is no one like you. You were before all things and in you all things hold together. You have preeminence over all things. You are the firstborn from that has risen from the dead. You were died and you were buried and you've risen again. You are now seated at the right hand of the Father until every enemy becomes your footstool. Jesus, we exalt you as the name that is above every other name. The name of Jesus is above the name of debt and disease and bankruptcy and divorce and abuse and pain and dysfunction. Today, we worship the only King, the only God. We reject every God in the United Kingdom that is not Jesus Christ. We reject every God in our bloodline that is not Jesus Christ. We reject every God from our experience that is not Jesus Christ. We reject every God in our home that is not Jesus Christ. Let the fire of God fall in Jesus' name upon the one and only true God, Jesus Christ, who is worthy of our praise and worship. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in advance for all that you have done, all that you are doing this morning, and all that you will continue to do this week. This week, we will only worship one God. This week, we will only serve one God. This week, we will only sing praises to one God. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our respect. He's worthy of our surrender. Jesus, we love you and we honor you. There is nobody like you. We respect you. We salute you. We exalt you. We empower you. We command you to be king and Lord over all the things that we have and we do. Let this nation know there is a God because of the fire that's upon our lives. Now lift your hands for a blessing. May God anoint you with fire in your areas of function and dysfunction, in your areas of faith and unbelief. May God anoint you with fire in your pain and your joy. May God anoint you in your, in your, in your, in your, in your doubts and your conviction that you will know that He is a God who is steadfast in love. And his love will not be removed from you. Because of your life, people will know there is a God. In Jesus' name, amen. Raise your hands and give God a shout today to the only king, the only wise, immortal king.
Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being a Beacon Church. Invite a friend to church next week. All of the things that we spoke about uh, in our announcements are on our social media pages. So please, will you follow us there? If you would like to take a moment to give, our contact us machines are at the back. Those who are not able to worship God in your giving, as we just heard, He is worthy of our praise. So it's worth staying back and doing that. Not because it's, it's, you're kind of trying to twist God's arm to get uh, Him to bless you. But He is worthy of our worship and our praise. Remember prayer meeting this Wednesday. God bless you. If your parents here and you've got kids at Crash and Beacon Kids, make sure you pick them up as well. God bless you and have a fantastic week. Thanks.